Yo, it's clear to see when you open up your feed that ain't nobody better than Elite POV. We bring the heat to your screen every week cause ain't nobody better than Elite POV. Hello everyone and welcome to a very special episode of Elite POV. I'm your host, The Draw, Jackie Rodriguez, and I am joined by the king of talk style himself, Anthony DeStefano. What's up, Ant? Very, very exciting episode of Elite POV. We have the top guys of pro wrestling, the pinnacle of the tag team division, and overall just amazing people for making Jackie's dream come true. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there and I'm going to let you intro them because they're your boys. <laughs> That's right, your eyes do not deceive you because we have the distinct privilege of having with us on Elite POV, the top guys, Grand Slam tag team champions across multiple companies, the current reigning AAA tag team champions, and the living legends themselves, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, FTR. Gentlemen, welcome to Elite POV and thank you for being here. Nailed the intro, nailed the yeah. intro. Nailed yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there's a few more accolades I could throw because I know I'm by heart, but hey, we'll go with all those. That's fine. Yeah, I figured I'm like, we only have but so much time. Like I could have right. gone down the laundry list and everything like that. But, you know, people people don't got time to be here forever. So right. we'll just if, if it's we'll, putting we'll us over. Time. Yeah. No, if it's putting you guys over, we have time to be here yes. forever. Exactly. <laughs> so how are y'all doing today? Beat up. Sore. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely feeling, feeling like I had a 30-minute match in Greensboro Coliseum last night against, <laughs> you know, Sting, Punk, and Darby. I'm feeling yeah. every bit. <laughs> I feel like I caught a 62-year-old Sting jumping to the outside and landing across all of us and breaking our backs. Yeah. I felt like I caught a 32-year-old Sting. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Felt like backs right there. 32-year-old, but it's mind-blowing that it's actually 62-year-old. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. No, never. Yeah, no, that's great, great stuff last night. I'm, I'm sure that was a dream match scenario for, for you guys, especially to do it in your home state of North Carolina. Um, but I like to start with throwing it back a little bit. And I want to ask you guys what your first memories were of realizing that you were falling in love with professional wrestling. Uh, well, I have the same story that I've told. A couple of times. I, I've always been a fan of professional wrestling since as long as I can remember. Uh, but for my birthday, uh, I think it was June 23rd, 1993, my mom bought me the uh, King of the Ring pay-per-view. And um, I remember just watching Bret Hart have these three incredible matches. Uh, and I remember as soon as it was over, like uh, after he beat Bam Bam Bigelow, that's when I decided, like I, I told my mom, like, I want to be a wrestler. That's what I want to do. You know, I, I want to be a wrestler. And, you know, my mom's like, ah, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I never, ever, ever, there was never another thought that went into what I wanted to do. Um, it was, I've, I've said it before, it was straight from I wanted to be a Power Ranger to I wanted to be a wrestler, and there was nothing <laughs> else after that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I can pinpoint a moment like that. Like, I don't have, like, one show in particular. Like, he has King of the Ring 93. I would say, like, it wasn't even, like, a decision I made. It wasn't like I just one day said, I'm, I'm going to be a wrestler. It was just that I love wrestling so much. I just assumed that that was the next step. You just kind of become a wrestler. I didn't really know how or what, but I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's what it'll be. I'll just go from being a fan to a wrestler one day. And I never put a lot of thought into how or why, but I just – 
that was that was it. It was just kind of always in my head that I was going to be a wrestler, and I didn't really put a lot of thought into the actual steps that it would take. Yeah, it's like one of those careers that you don't really think about it. You're watching it uh, as a kid on TV and you're like, oh, people just show up there one day. And it's like you don't take into account you got to find a wrestling school. You got to train. You got to do all this stuff. And um, I think once upon a time, I thought that that was going to be my uh, future career goal, but quickly realized uh, I don't have an athletic bone in my body. So well, you could have just... been the uh, you could have been the female Dax Harwood because I don't have an athletic bone in my body either. <laughs> I, I would contest that very heavily, but uh, sure. <laughs> I could be a mouthpiece probably. I'll, I'll, oh. I'll make a good manager, but. You're uh, great. You are great at talking. Like you would be, yes, you would. And it, you would be great at like ripping people apart. <laughs> I don't know what part. that says about me. <laughs> it's, it's the Jersey in us. I don't know. It's it probably, probably. So Dax, you mentioned that it was either a power ranger or, or, or a wrestler. So I guess that kind of answers my question about um, if you ever were on track to have a different career at some point, or if this was always the only option, but cash for I mean, you, like, were you ever on track to doing something besides wrestling? The only other thing that I've ever joked, not even joked, I just thought I would enjoy it was be a lawyer. Like, I know that's very random, but I, loved like mystery books growing up lawyer style stuff and so i was just like i think i'd be a good lawyer if i if i ever pursued that and i i still like later in life when i was trying to decide if i was going to keep pursuing wrestling or if it's time to go another direction i was pursuing my bachelor's at the time and i was like maybe i just get it in like a bachelor of what uh I forget, bachelor of uh i forget what it's called already now but legal science something weird but that was believe it or not what i thought i would do if i didn't wrestle all right dax but i, I feel like you were you were kind of coming in and was there yeah. something else yeah i was just gonna say that you know um <clears throat> i knew that the possibility of being a professional wrestler is very slim or you know making a living at professional wrestling was very slim for for anybody but especially from a, a guy from North Carolina with this accent at five foot 10. And yeah, you know, I was a very, 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 very chunky kid. Um, and uh, that's just the way I was raised. My family, like just through comfort, they fed you. That's, you know, that's how they showed their love. So I didn't have anything going for me as far as wrestling, except for my love for it. Um, and I promised my dad that I'd go to college and finish college. Um, so I went to the university of North Carolina, Wilmington, and I had three jobs. Uh, and put myself through college. I paid for all my college while I was still uh, wrestling as well. And I finished college and I was going to be, I, well, I, I got a minor in English and I got, um, and I, I got a bachelor's in business communication. Um, wow. And, you know, I had all these grandiose plans of being this big, huge wrestling star, but I met my now wife and uh, we were dating. And I remember thinking, okay, it's time to ask her to marry me. Uh, I'm 20, I think I was 26 or 27. And I was like, ah, oh, this wrestling thing isn't, you know, going exactly the way I planned. So this year I'm, I think I'm going to wrap it up and, you know, uh, find a job and ask her to marry me and start a family. And I'll be damned if not, not even kidding you. Um, maybe a few months after that is whenever I got called to do a, an extra spot with cash, we had a match and everybody away. And that led to us getting a job. 
That's always crazy to think about. It's like, you know, you get so close to like almost not going for it. And then it's like when you're just on the precipice of saying like, oh, you know, maybe this isn't for me. That's when the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's when you don't put in like, and I think that's with our careers too. And I think Cash, but he's the one that taught me this. But even now, like uh, when you don't put too much pressure on yourself, and you just believe in your abilities and believe how good you are and just understand that the, the universe is going to give you what you put out. Um, that's when things start falling in place. Cash coming through with that philosophical knowledge over there. <laughs> Would have been a good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> or a good motivational speaker. So you guys are both regarded as being a team that pays a lot of homage to wrestling history. If you had to ballpark how many hours a day you spend studying or watching professional wrestling matches? What would you estimate? I can tell you Dak probably watches <laughs> legitimately at least 10 hours a day. <laughs> uh, it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. I've on, actually, I've calmed down a little bit in the last couple of months, um, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's embarrassing how much I watch. But the only reason I watch so much is because I feel that if I'm not studying, it's so stupid. I feel like I'm not studying it um, and someone else is and they're getting better than me. And that really, you know, makes me, it makes me mad because I don't want anybody better than me or better than us. Um, but also, uh, I mean, I freaking, I, I love it. I enjoy it. Um, you know, my, one of my favorite pastimes of me and Cash traveling on the roads when we were doing all the house shows was waking up at 8, getting in the hotel at 3 a.m., waking up at 8 a.m., going to a coffee shop and sitting there by myself and watching wrestling. It's just, I don't know, it's just something I enjoy. Uh, I think it takes me back to, you know, kind of a nostalgic childhood time. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, I, I just love it, man. I love it to an embarrassment. But when it's when it's done right and it's good, you, I could watch it all day. But yeah, like it's not embarrassing because it, it's not like you're watching terrible stuff either. You go out of your way to watch some of the best wrestling in the world, so that's understandable. For me, I would say I probably I don't really know like a amount. I would just put on a show and I'll let it play in the background. Like I'll sit down, and I'll watch a certain match, and then if the next match is something like that's skippable for me. I'll just get up and do some chores around the house until I see something that I want to watch. And I'll oh, sit back down. So I don't know if I, there's days like when we're getting ready for a big match or something. I'll, I'll just every day I'll just sit and I'll do cardio and I'll watch it. I'll sit outside and I'll watch a certain match. We'll send different links back and forth to each other. Like, Hey, check this one out. Check this one out. Yeah. Yeah. I can't put like an actual, like I try like Dak said, like, especially, the last little bit, I try to make sure that there's days where I don't think about wrestling as much and I'll just watch sports or I'll watch movies or I, I got into Curb Your Enthusiasm, enthusiasm recently. So I've been watching that. It's like there's days now where I try to stay away from it, but still a lot. It's a lot per week. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, I mean, he, he's not, he's not as big of a nerd as I am, but I don't know who he is but he loves it just as much as I do. And like he said, we send links or clips or whatever back and forth almost every single day. That's incredible, but it totally shows. It shows in the work ethic shows. and the quality of matches that you're putting out, you know, every single time that you guys are out there in, in my book, if I can be a little biased, you guys are stealing the show every time. So definitely being students of the game is paying off. 
your book is the right book. So yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think so. Yeah. So and I'm gonna throw it over to you because I know you got some questions. Yeah, I mean, um, I got interested probably the around the same time as Dax, maybe a little bit earlier. Heart Foundation, Rockers, like that kind of stuff. Just I was drawn to tag team wrestler as a child, and I lost that interest. But you guys are part of the reason that tag team wrestling became awesome again to me, at least. And uh, was it always your goal when you entered the tag team division to kind of keep that traditional style that was lost because everybody else was doing the new style that to me is less interesting, but it, it, you know, you guys cut off the ring, use the tag ropes. It's like, it's like what Kobe Bryant used to say, cause I'm a big sports nerd. It's like, if you can't perfect the basics, you can't perfect anything. And you guys have perfected the basics. And that's why every time you guys are in the match, it's amazing. I would say it's yes and no. Like we did have a conversation saying, Hey, let's make sure that we're different, that we don't become the guys that do the same things as everybody else. To that extent, yes, we wanted to be as different as we could and like to stand out in that way. But also the style we wrestled was the style that we wrestled. Like we didn't change that. We, we made sure that we learned more about it so we could button things up and learn how to incorporate those into our matches. But that's just what we grew up loving. Like you guys said, like I came in, like I came into wrestling mostly by watching with my, my aunts and my grandparents. We didn't have cable much growing up, so I would watch VHS tapes of different the Coliseum tapes. <laughs> but yeah, or just ones they would burn, they would record themselves on TV. Like, so I would have to go back as an adult. Even now, I'll go back and try to find certain matches that I watched with them that I can't remember like what they were, what the story was in that at that time because as a kid I didn't know. So now I'm trying to go back to those eras and re-educate myself on different things that I watched when I was younger and see if I can. Re- because the names are kind of lost. The, I don't have the full context, but I'll find one. I'm like, oh, this, this is the match we watched. So it's cool in that sense for me to go back and re-educate myself on those. But that's just how we've always wrestled. That's, what we, that's how we were taught at Cell in our area. That's what you did. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I, so yes and no to kind of cut it short there. I don't want to keep rambling on. But we wanted to be different. But as far as our style, that's just what we've loved and what we think wrestling should be. Yeah. Yeah. We never, I mean, we never had a plan to say, all right, Hey, re- let's be Arn and Tully, be the midnight express. Let's, we never did that. Just like you said, we had a conversation and I, I mean, I distinctly rem- remember this conversation. I can't I recall, a lot, but we had a conversation and we, we said, let's just be different than everybody else. And at the I, time, I, I, that all line, because nobody else was different. They all did the same moveset. They all had the same, whatever was hot at the moment in Zagiri, whatever is cool at the moment apron stuff like it was all the same everybody would have there's a move that gets hot and everybody finds a different way to incorporate that variation so we we said let's not fall into that category let's not be that trap but also sorry it's also 2014 too and in 2014 for some reason um you know there 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 was a time where tag team wrestling the the actual art of it got lost and it became two singles guys doing their stuff tagging in and out just doing their stuff and we talked to each other and we said hey let's let's not be selfish let's not try to outshine each other let's just make this unit the best that we can and you know and I'll, i'll say this to pat ourselves on the back like um before us there was never there were never uh you didn't see tag matches of the modern era at least uh, the heels grab a hold and that baby face working for the tag. You didn't see that. Uh, you didn't see hope spots that were sl- slightly elaborate to give that baby a little bit of hope and the heel stopping there. What you saw was a hold, 
the fans would start to come up. The, the, the two guys mm-hmm. would get up, three elbows to the stomach. He'd hit the ropes, and the heel would do something, and the heel would hit some kind of cool move. That was every single tag match. And we didn't want to do that. We wanted to be completely different, bring back – I mean, it's so cliche to say now, and I hate the word art, but we really did want to bring back – at the time, 2014, it was, it, was, it, was, uh, it was new, but we wanted to bring back art of tag team wrestling. It is art. Like, it is – that's the best mm-hmm. way to describe it is art, to me at least, because it's two people working together for a common goal – and like you said, during that time frame, that's when I kind of fell out of wrestling, actually, because tag team wrestling to me wasn't the same. And then, you know, tag teams started getting better. Like I started exploring and seeing the bucks and seeing stuff like that. I'm like, okay, this is fun. Not totally my style, but it's exciting again. And then you guys come up and it was just everything kind of got hot at the right time. And um, but that's the best way to put it is art because it is an art. And I remember watching like Brett and Neidhart and it was an art the way they worked together, the way they like used each other to injure their opponents. Like I just, it, it was lost for a while. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was lost for a while. And I feel like there's different eras of tag team wrestling and there'll be peaks and there'll be valleys. And there was a valley for a while. And, and that's not to say that there were no good teams. There were good teams. There just wasn't as many good teams that wrestled a true traditional tag team mm-hmm. style and tag team wrestling as a whole just didn't get the time. Now there's enough insanely talented tag teams out there and enough people that like to watch it that it gets 30 minutes to close a dynamite. Yeah. It gets 30 minutes to open a rampage. Like wrestling, tag team wrestling is getting the respect again. And that's kind of what we hoped would happen. And we think this, uh, this is a new era. This is a new peak for tag team wrestling, hopefully. And I love that there's so many different styles. Like now, like the styles, like the high flyers, you have, you know, Penta, and Phoenix, and you have the Bucks, and you have you guys, and it's all different styles. But, man, when you guys get in the ring, it's just like magic happens. It's just so much chemistry because everything's just communicated so perfectly. Yep. I agree with you. We're the best. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to I play the, our, well. our strengths and not just try to do cool moves. Yeah. So. yeah. so I like to, like, talk about little stories of perseverance and overcoming and whatnot. So was there ever a point that you considered throwing in the towel on your wrestling career? And if so, what was the turning point to keep you guys going? Um, well, I kind of spoke on it earlier. I was, you know, I just didn't think I was ever going to get an opportunity because of my, the, my stature and my, the, the, the sound of my voice and things like that. Um, and then it just, just happened as, you know, William Regal came across one of my matches and I got called and it just, you know, it just happenstance. Um, but after, you know, after we, we got the opportunity, there was never, ever a time uh, I ever thought about even, even the, you know, the time we were the most frustrated, never did I think of throwing in the towel. Um, I, I think when I was the most frustrated and I could probably speak for cash too, uh, we worked even harder to, uh, to like show like eventually one day you're going to miss this. You know what I mean? Like you're going to, you're going to miss this. And, um, but yeah, I, I never, I never wanted to give up on wrestling. I just knew that for so long, uh, I loved wrestling so much, and there was, there was, you know, there weren't very many second places. And then I found my wife, and she jumped way ahead of wrestling. And I was like, you know what, I need to, I need to figure something out. And that's the only time I ever thought about giving up. Yeah, I think for me, there was maybe two thousand twelve ish would be the only time period where I was like, maybe it's 
and I didn't want to give up on wrestling. I just wanted to start being a more responsible adult because <laughs> it wasn't that I didn't want to keep wrestling and keep trying to pursue it, but I wanted to stop feeling like I couldn't provide my half of everything or that I couldn't be relied on to be providing for myself because, I mean, I had to make a lot of sacrifices to wrestle, and that means not working the great, greatest jobs with the best pay because you have to have a schedule that leaves your availability available. So in 2012, I started, I was like, man, maybe it's time to really think and think about looking at another career path. But again, there were so many weird things that just kind of converged all at once. Like I met Edge, Adam, whatever you want to call him. And he like helped me, like he would watch my matches and give advice. And then I got a call to same thing to go be an extra and Regal saw me and we had, for whatever reason that day, a lot of the extras were late and I was the only one that showed up on time. And so we had like an hour long conversation. And by the end of that conversation, he, he was going to help me get to England and Mexico and all these different places to get experience and like eventually, you know, get a tryout. And so like all those things kind of converged. Like it, it was so many different things, like the universe just doing what it does. Like we were talking about earlier, but that would be the only time period. And again, the way things happen, it just, as I was thinking about what, what do I do? I got that little glimmer of hope. Like, no, you're on the right path. Keep this, keep this going. Yeah, no, I think I, uh, I think I mentioned to you guys uh, when I met you in North Carolina, at WrestleCade, you know, how you guys have inspired me personally. And I think that that plays into it in a big way. It's just like, you get to a point where you're feeling really beat down. You're like, I don't want to keep pursuing the things that make me happy because it's difficult. You know, it's, it's difficult to overcome that kind of stuff. And just seeing you and hearing your guys' stories about how you've continued to push through regardless, it's just like, it's a really inspiring thing. And I think a lot of people can take a lesson from that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I know you, I know you want to talk a little bit about a certain legend yeah, These guys I mean, have been rolling with as we saw last night, uh, the outcome isn't what we wanted, right? But it was an amazing match, a 30 minute main event. You guys got to wrestle Sting, which is again, you've I can't believe like we're saying Sting's wrestling in 2021 and, and at a high level, like amazing, right? Like, like you guys not- said, you guys said before the show, it's like wrestling 32 year old Sting, <laughs> like you know, it, it's 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 unbelievable. Um, but what is it like, like being historians of wrestling? Like you guys pay a lot of homage to to Tolly Blanchard on that. You're working with Tolly as his, you know, he's your manager. You're working with Sting. Arn's there. What is it like, like being in that atmosphere of all the people that you looked up to? Now you're taking advice from, and like, what advice do they give you? Um. Well, for, you know, for me, uh, it's awesome. Obviously, because I'm a huge wrestling fan. It's awesome you know, wrestling with Sting and stuff. Uh, but honestly, you know, it's, it's our time now, you know, we're, we're the, you know, when I say living legends, I, you know, I, I mean that as a shoot, you know, it's not just a gimmick or whatever, it's not just to throw on a t-shirt. Like it's our time now. And Sting was in the ring with us. CM Punk was in the ring with us. <laughs> hey. And like, and, and, and I take great pride in being able to, to do what we do. And uh, no one else can do it like we can do it. And I don't mean that we're the, you know, I'm not saying that we're the uh, uh, greatest wrestlers in the world or anything like that, but I'm saying there's no one else in the world that can do the things that Cash and I can do. And those guys, you know, as much as we are, we, we have the privilege of being in the ring with a 62 year old Sting, a guy that we watch for, you know, our whole childhood. And he also has the privilege of being in there with us because we're yeah. freaking real good. Um, 
<laughs> but you know, getting all that out of the way, now the humbleness comes out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very cool. Um, you know, ha- having totally managed us for the last year uh, has been, you know, a dream come true. Um, he's given us a lot of advice on like promos and obviously in ring stuff. Um, but, you know, uh, last night I was telling my wife this on the way home. <laughs> I brought her and my daughter and my dad back in the back and I was in the medical room getting stitched up here. And um, my, and Arn was in there and he was like telling me, he's like, that's a freaking masterpiece. You guys, you know, he was putting me over. And then my dad walks in. And my dad and Arn Anderson are standing, you know, side by side. <laughs> is it like Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. I, told my, I was telling my wife on the way home, I said, I didn't even realize this, but, but my dad and Arn Anderson were standing side by side. Um, and it didn't even dawn on me then because, you know, so many people, you know, compare Arn and myself. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was surreal because my dad is the one that introduced me to wrestling. He was a huge Arn fan. Um, and now Arn is kind of like our road dad too. Um, and you know, he, it was, yeah, it was a very, very surreal experience last night. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, like, like Dax was saying, we are really, really, really good. So it's, it's obviously their privilege also, (laughs) but just getting to like those guys obviously have so much knowledge and like, I just respect what they've given for the business and the fact that they're still giving in some way like sting did last night or like Arn has done a few weeks ago where they're still putting their bodies on the line to go out there and entertain the fans when they don't really need to they don't really have to like that's cool for us but also like having their respect i think is probably the coolest part for me as getting to work with them just knowing that when Arn comes up to us he sees us as people that belong in wrestling. Like when Sting comes up to us, he, he holds us in a very high regard as far as our talent in the ring. And that for, that's the coolest thing about it is because that's validation for me because those guys carried the torch for so long and they made wrestling for a living possible. Without those guys paving the, the way, I'm, I'm not sitting at this house making the money that I do to do what I love. And so like for them to look at us as equals and we're just as guys that, like I said, they, they hold us in such a high regard. That's awesome. And getting to still learn from them on the weekly basis also, the best. Yeah. So awesome. Cool. Do you do you guys find now at this stage of your career that you're getting a lot of people now coming to you for advice and looking to you as locker room leaders? I would never put that uh, – I would never put that uh, – uh, label on us forever ever a million years to do that but i think he and i were just talking about this hey um yeah like it takes you know it takes me back you know I, I like have to sit back for a second and like realize man we're, we we do have an effect on people because now <laughs> excuse me we've we've been this for so long and we're getting to the age where these younger guys are coming in they're like oh man i watched you and not when i was young but man, i watched <laughs> You know, I was watching guys in American Alpha, and I watched you guys in DIY, or I watched you in, you know, uh, whatever that you know. And, and they're saying you're the tag team we want to be like. You've you've made this possible for us, um, and so that's pretty cool. You know, that's, that's cool to hear. Um, and I don't mean to pat my pat ourselves on the back too much, but um, when you have your peers come up to you and say, "Hey, I want to do what you've done, and you're an inspiration to me." Uh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, like I don't like Dak said, 
the locker room leader thing. I, I don't think that's ever something that I would put a label on us as. Just We're just the guys who want to come in there and do what we do. And if people – like, I, I love the fact that these guys and these girls come up to us now and ask us for, for advice and stuff like that. But, yeah, locker room leaders, not so much, but guys that people come to for advice or for – feedback or just anything like if they're unsure about a certain thing in a match or if they're not comfortable with something like how how do I handle this situation how should I go about this that's cool like because we were all there we were in that spot we didn't know who to go to and luckily along the way we've made some friends with some really talented people some really just knowledgeable legends and so like I feel like it's our responsibility to pass that along now because it's the pay it forward method like I'm not where I am without every single person that's helped lift me up on the way there. So now like a, a lot of them said, you know, just remember this and help the next generation on the way up. Just what I'm doing for you do for the next. So yeah, like we, I do see that a lot more now and it's kind of mind blowing that people that I'm a fan of also, because there's people not just the younger generation, but our peers, yep. like they may, they'll say, well, you watch this or what do you think of this? And that's mind blowing to me because I'm like, oh, I'm a fan of your work. But yeah, if you want me to like see, watch it and find something, I will. So I mean, to that, to that part, yeah, it's, we get a lot of that and I love it, but it's, yeah, it might blows my mind. Yeah. You guys always come across as very unselfish uh, in a, in an industry where it seems like it's quite easy to become selfish yeah. and, you know, self-centered and only thinking about, you know, your successes, but you guys always seem to be the type to pay it forward and really just care about the future and what you're leaving, the legacy that you're leaving behind. Uh, not anytime soon, hopefully, mm -hmm. but- We'll um, see. Oof. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't know, the black eye and the, the sore arms and other, <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. Uh, what was it like being able, like I said, you guys are now the current reigning AAA Tag Team Champions. What was it like being able to go out and wrestle internationally for the first time since joining AEW? Uh, it was an experience, yeah. Uh, you know, they, it, it, it was, it felt like, it felt like territory days, you know, for us because we got to go to a different, we, we had, we had these tag belts and we we're defending them on two different, you know, in two different countries. And uh, we go over to Mexico and they literally wanted to kill us. I mean, they had to have every security guard they had on, on site and every police uh, policeman they had on site to escort us back to our locker room because the people hated us so much. So that was, I think that was the, the best part of wrestling internationally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a blast. I, I, even though we got, you know, kind of pegged with some trash here and there and almost got, jumped a couple of times i thought it was the coolest <laughs> like yeah since, since we won the triple a tag team titles and did the la superana stuff like from that point on like it's been some of the most fun of my career honestly like the stuff we've gotten to do like mexico was super super fun for me like going and showing up as the surprise that ring of honors show against the, yeah. the shit out of the chicken farmers that was cool for me. <laughs> Get farmers, chicken fuckers, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like getting to wrestle the Lucha Bros in Mexico, getting to, like wrestle them on a pay per view and on Rampage, and getting to do the Eight Man and do some stuff with Andrade and Malachi and guys that we have worked with before, but not recently. You know, so th that was cool for us. We're all to just go out there and have fun. And some of the most fun matches I've had, like mm -hmm. I've just 
Mexico is just another, it was just another tip of the cap, I guess, because everything that we've done for the past couple of months has been so much fun for me. Yeah, it's been a while since I saw an audience throw like beer and trash at, and that, that's when I was like, man, they they got them because this crowd that, hates them. That was, that, beer. That, was, that was heaven for us. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> only yeah. they wouldn't jump. It's like who would have thought 2021? You guys are having a ladder match over in Mexico for the AAA tag team oh. titles. It's like you guys are seemingly checking off a lot of boxes that you had in terms of career goals, but what are some major goals you want to achieve going into 2022? I don't, um, obviously, we want to be two-time AEW Tag Team Champions because, number one, we love making history. We love being champions, and we love being the best. And what better way to do that than winning those again? Um, I, I obviously want to do the New Japan stuff if we ever get a chance to do that but i, I mean uh, that's awesome. a lot of has to line up for that to happen oh yeah stuff but like i know we were joking about it earlier but i really don't know how much longer like we feel like we want to do this so we're just we're having a lot of fun right now so we're not going to put any port like any sort of like time frame on it but like when we're when we've checked off enough things and we feel satisfied that we could you know call it a day then we'll call it a day but we still have quite a bit we want to before that happens. Yeah, I mean, AEW is the home to the best tag teams in the world. Um, and so ultimately, being two-time AEW tag team champions and being the first ever two-time champion in a period, that's, you know, one of our ultimate goals. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, there are a few more things that we want to do, but um, I think, you know, uh, when it's all said and done, uh, you know, 2022 and beyond, we just want to um, help continue to build AEW as the best professional wrestling brand on the planet um, and, you know, show people that uh, professional wrestling is not a dirty word. And, uh, and we want to, to continue to build the sport, the, 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 the genre of professional wrestling. And, and this is cliche, but leave it better than we found it. Nothing cliche about that at all. I think that's a really beautiful thing and you guys are well on your way to doing that. Um, so is there a match aside from, I know everybody talks about the, the Young Bucks match, Full Gear, um, but aside from that match, uh, is there any match that you had during the no audience era in Daly's place that you would love to run back in front of a full stadium crowd? All of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, I think for, for me at least, um, if you go back and watch our match with Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian, that is a hell of a oh, tag. So good. So, yeah. that so freaking incredible. And it was like, it was, it was the new guys coming in and we had to point to prove like we are as good as we said we've been saying for the last seven years. And you had these, I don't want to call them old guards, but they were, they were the originals in AEW and they had first ever tag team champions. And not that there was any kind of like heat there or whatever, but they also wanted to say, Hey, we know your reputation, but we have a reputation of our own and we want to, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to let you come this much above us. We're going to stay right there with you. And if we can, we're going to jump ahead of you. So it was like four guys trying to prove something that night uh, to each other, but to, to ourselves as well. And uh, that match was a hell of a match. And I, I wish people would go back and watch a little more and, and, and 
give it some credit. Yeah, I don't know if I can pinpoint one. That one would be one for sure. There were a lot, like the butcher and the blade stuff. I enjoyed there. Yeah, I would I would go on for for a while, but there are a lot of them. And I'll, uh, the good thing is, there's a lot of these ones we haven't done yet that we haven't really done like a full on three to four month that deal with that we can go back and revisit. And hopefully, we get to run these matches back and flush them out a little bit so we can build on them because. I love a good series of matches where you can kind of have the callbacks and tell the stories and build it up throughout. So hopefully that's going to be something we can run back a lot of these matches in front of full crowds and we can do it more than once. Yeah, that whole brush with greatness series that you guys were doing during your tag team title run was some of my favorite stuff to watch. It's like every week you guys were hitting us with different opponents, different styles and um you know, I think you guys had said at one point, you know, it can't be chemistry with everybody, brother. So it's like, <laughs> you know, you're either great or you're not. <laughs> and uh, no, it was just like that was that was some of my favorite stuff. So I would I personally would love to see a lot of those matches run back. Um, but we have a resident uh, Owen Hart fan yes. here in the form of our uh, my co-host, Anthony. So you want to talk a little bit about the uh, Owen Hart tournament? Yeah, obviously. I mean, you guys love wrestling as much as us. It's just amazing to actually see Owen get honored and get like his memory live on for this generation of wrestling fans to know who Owen Hart was. Obviously, they have the cup coming up, the tournament. You guys seem interested. Are we going to see FTR in some singles action? Hopefully. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, they're playing everything very close to the chest, so we have no idea, but... Yeah. I would love to be in in the Owen like some some way, shape, or form. Singles, tag, handicap, just, just let us in. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, please, Tony, please. <laughs> Everyone You're tweet listening. Tony saying FTR for the Owen. I'll go under yeah. the mask. Then. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a. So what are your thoughts on like Owen Hart's legacy being, you know, finally being remembered? Obviously there's stuff that I'm not going to get into of why, but now it's like Tony Khan to me is bringing everything we wanted as pro wrestling fans. Like we wanted, we wanted Owen Hart footage. We wanted punk back. We wanted great tag team wrestling and it's all happening now. So what is it like for you guys being fans like me to, to have like, Owen Hart's name being mentioned on TV again and you know action figures coming out and merchandise like it's it's a great time to be a fan I'll just about damn time that's yeah. really all I'll say it's over yeah. damn long yeah and uh, you know real quick you know uh, obviously it's cool to have the Owen thing and we're huge Owen Hart fans I'm huge Hart family fans um, it doesn't matter how much praise gets put on him um, but no one will understand how important and how much love Tony Khan has for professional wrestling. And we're just lucky as wrestlers. We should be lucky as fans to have him. Um, and I know as, as an, I guess, employee, I'm very lucky to have him as my, because he cares about us. Yeah. Anthony, to your point, you're saying it feels like, like we as fans are getting what we've wanted and it's because you are, because he is a fan and it's the same thing, the same kind of things that he's wanted. And that's why it's been something where everybody's along for the ride, having such a good time because it is pro wrestling being fun for fans. Yep. 
And it's amazing. It's amazing. It's a really beautiful thing to see. It's definitely like I've been watching wrestling now 21 years, I would say. And um, to have that passion and that excitement reinvigorated. Um, so I think we owe a lot to Tony and what he's doing over we, there with AEW. We talk about it weekly. It's like when I used to rush home from school, get my homework done because Nitro and Raw were on, a, you know, Monday Night yeah. Wars. And I was like, I can't wait. It's like how I feel. I'm like a 34 year old man Wednesday at work. Like, is it time? Like, I got to go home. I want to watch this. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just having that passion back. And I think that's the greatest thing about AEW is they, they treat like their fans, like their family. And that's the most beautiful thing, you know, like that it, it's, it's for the fans by a fan. And that that's exactly what we try to make our podcast. We just want to be fans and have fun. And yeah. when pro wrestling is fun. It's the best. I literally said that night in a text in a group text with dad wrestling is at its best when it's just fun mm -hmm. so you guys uh have an interesting little dynamic we'll call it with uh social media uh and haters and naysayers and all those critics out there but i want to know if there was ever a critical comment that was made to you in regards to your career that you feel vindicated that you were able to prove wrong no, not at all. <laughs> not, not as far as like social media goes. Um, There's a former coach at the PC that I hope he's looking at us and, and, and knowing that we're laughing at him in the face. <laughs> well, I, I won't put cash in that, that position, knowing that I'm laughing at him in the face. Yeah, I mean, we, we're going to get hate tweets for as long as we live, no matter what we do, no matter who we save, we could rescue babies from a burning building and we're still going to get hate tweets because we did it boringly. Um, <laughs> but I don't, like, I don't care. Like, it's, I don't even, I used to like get entertainment by responding to some of them and just getting all kinds of people just making smart ass comments to people. I don't even get joy out of that anymore. It's like, no, there's nothing on social media that I feel like vindicated for yet. There are people that I know never believed in us or me like that. that may, he may not even know half the people that told me I would never make it. But seeing it now, I'm just like, well, I'm so glad I didn't listen to that. But Laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. There's plenty of people that I, I feel vindicated and validated with, but social media doesn't mean a damn thing to me these days. Yep. Yeah, no, we, I, I had a, a little fit about that uh, via my own Twitter yesterday where I was saying, I'm like, it's just so much easier to hit the, the block button and move the hell on because it'll be entertaining fools for the rest of your life. I, I, I just will never understand people like tweeting mean and rude stuff just to try to get a reaction out of someone. It's like, this is being a good person doesn't matter. You know, kind of just that and realize that there's probably something deeper going on with yeah. those people. And that's why I don't even get enjoyment out of it anymore because they're probably going through something way worse than I am. So if they're, if they're that miserable where they have to go out of their way to put other people down, I feel bad for them. So I'm not even yeah. going to bring any attention to them negatively or positively because I just, it's sad. That's way to deal with it. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. even bring me entertainment anymore. So if we can, I want to do a little speed round on some, uh, some fun questions. So, what is something that you think people would be surprised to know about you? Oh, uh, me, man, 
Um, dude, I don't know. <laughs> no guilty pleasure shows or songs, you know. Like I know I I'm, I've been married for ten years and we still watch Say Yes to the Dress, and it's like you said yes ten years ago. <laughs> what are we doing yeah. here? I think something that would shock people that shocked people to know about both of us is that we're insanely charismatic and clever. <laughs> and Especially him. Yeah. Is that shocking though? Is it really? Of course. All right. So who of which one of you two, when you're on the road, who's the better driver? I wouldn't say better driver. Yeah, I'm he's just I'm just a more aggressive driver and I enjoy driving, even though I hate people and slow drivers slash stupid drivers. But I, I feel like a nice reward when I'm able to get through stupid traffic congestion or around a slow, moronic driver that that brings me joy. So usually on the road, I'll volunteer to drive just because I enjoy it. And if I don't drive, I'm, I'm going to fall asleep. So. Yeah, I feel like Ant and I can attest to that because we both are born and raised in New Jersey and we have some of the worst drivers ever here on the road. So road well, rage is a real thing. And I'm close. I'm close to Philadelphia. And I, I know you guys probably drove in Philly and it's just like a different animal over there. I will it's say I, I hate driving in Philadelphia. It's one of yeah, my it's... three worst places to visit with the with a car. Ubering, eh, I don't care. Driving. Especially leaving the stadiums. Like, I remember the one time the Flyers, the Phillies, and the Eagles all played at the same time. And the traffic was just – and I was at the Phillies game, and I'm like, I'm never, I'm never getting home. It was like 100,000 people just sitting in the, the, the expressway, you know? I feel like I, I might know the answer to this one already just off of a hunch. Which one of you has a shorter temper? <laughs> Honestly, that's awesome. On the day and yeah, on, on some things set me off quicker. Some things set him off quicker. So I mean, it's just pick your fuse. I mean, they're both pretty, pretty short, and we're, we we both. <laughs> I mean, I think it works out though because not the same things annoy us. And so when he's mad about something, I can calm him down, and then vice versa. So we do a good job at that. But when we're both when we're both fired up, then. Then it's a good time. Yeah, really quick. Uh, last night we were in Greensboro, and, and I walked by this 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 room, this area or whatever, and I remembered, oh, this is the room where this the a producer in WWE said something to to Cash, and he got so mad he came to me and said, hey, I'm gonna fight this guy just to let you know. And I said, all right, let's do it. And so we both went and waited <laughs> get done filming, and we were gonna beat the shit out of him, and it yeah, took was filming forever. And then he was like, oh, whatever. Let's just. <laughs> we waited for like 30 minutes. I was, I was, oh, man. I was, I wasn't, we were there. On drive. We just sat there and stared at him the whole time. He knew what was coming. So, I, what, what? He, he was purposely trying to stay as busy as possible. So, yeah. Oh, so he knew it was coming. All, All right. right. But that's a real oh. ride or die right there. It's like no questions asked. All right. We we're fighting. He knew I was going to kill him. Like, he already knew I was going to. It's like, it, we, he knew. He wasn't unaware of it, so he was purposely trying to pretend he was. He was stalling. Sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the vision at that point. So this is kind of a like this one might be a little difficult because anytime it gets involved with music, it's putting people on the spot. But if you can think of a great piece of advice from a song lyric, what would it be? 
Oh my God, this is so corny, but it's my favorite song ever. It's the dance by Garth Brooks. And the, the dance is like a breakup song. Or it's, it sounds like a breakup song, but to me, it's a song about life. And he says, uh, he says, I think Tony Arada was the songwriter. And he says, you, I could have missed the pain, but I'd have had to miss the dance. So like he could have missed all the pain in his life, but if he would have skipped all that, he wouldn't have got to the dance. And that's, I think that's my favorite lyric of all I time. I love that. It's a great lyric. I'm not going to be able to cut. I can't remember the exact lyric, but it's a J. Cole lyric and it's on his new album. Uh, there's something like, I made it out. I got to mean something. So basically he made it out of where he was, which was not the most ideal place. And he, now he has to give back because he, he's got to help people make it out also. So like, that's something that I can relate to because I didn't come up from the, the best upbringing in the best place or for money. So like now I feel like, I got to mean something to somebody. Uh, but Dax Cash, I want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for agreeing to do this interview with us today. This has been like a phenomenal experience. I, it's, it's been a real honor. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys so, so much. Anything for you. To Obviously, <laughs> we, we can talk wrestling all day. We enjoy talking wrestling. So if we're talking wrestling with people that we know and that are cool, no time. Unless yes. Dax has to Unless that's that's eat. <laughs> I know about that. He's hungry. There's no waiting. Nope. Yeah, you want it? You got anything you want to say real quick? Um, I just want to thank you guys so much for coming on for you know doing this for Jackie. To anyone who ever heard, do not meet your heroes. That is false. Look what happens. All you have to do is put it in the universe. So, thank you guys so much. It means the world to us. It means the world to Jackie. So thank you and keep being the top guys. We're gonna keep cheering you on over here. Hell yeah! Thank. You. And y'all have a Merry Christmas. Enjoy your Same. holidays. Happy New Year. And uh, I'll throw it out there. You guys are welcome back anytime. anytime. We'd love to have you. Thank uh, you. Jackie, we'll see you guys. Bye. Bye.